Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're going to continue this series called The Deep End as we look at a podcast today from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. This is where we were this last Sunday. We talked about a really important and weighty topic, which is walking worthy of the calling we have received from God. And we talked about what that calling is. That calling is to live like a child of God. That calling is to live like a citizen of heaven. That calling is to live like an ambassador of Jesus Christ upon this world. Now, that's a high calling. And that calling is something we want to talk about more today, but really we want to look at it from this angle. Because Paul is sort of moving along a train here. He is trying to get somewhere. And in order to get somewhere, he has to lay the foundations that are going to produce what he actually wants to get to. And what he wants to get to is he wants to get to unity. He wants to get, he wants to get to unity within the body of Christ, the church, because that's crucial. Paul knows that unity is going to be the thing that makes or breaks our success upon the world against evil, against the devil, against the devil's kingdom. It's going to make or break our success for living for God's name, for living for God's glory and accomplishing his will upon the earth. And unity is going to be that thing. The church, when they're unified, is incredibly strong. And that's the goal. The goal is for us to be unified. But in order for us to be unified, he has to lay the foundation of these two crucial elements because unity won't happen unless these two things are first there. The first one is you've got to understand what your calling is and you've got to understand this is important. You've got to be committed. You have to be committed and devoted to this calling. And so Paul talks about that. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called. He tells the Ephesians, if we're going to get to this thing called unity, you have to understand that your calling is crucial. You have to understand that this is something you can't avoid. You can't dodge. This is what you've been saved for. This is what you've been made for. This is why God gave you these gifts is so that you could live according to your calling. And you got to understand that. If you don't understand that, then unity, it's comical. It's never going to happen. It's, it's silly to even talk about it. But if you understand what your calling is and you're motivated and inspired and committed to that calling, then what I can do next is foundation number two. I can instruct you on how to live out that calling. But first of all, you got to be committed to the calling. If you are, you're ready to be instructed. And that's what he does in verse 2. In verse 2, he starts talking about how to live out our calling. He says things like, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So there's the how, the how to live out your calling. But if you're ready to live out your calling, you got to know how to live out your calling. And that's the, the foundation right there that Paul wants to set in order to get to unity because he still has unity set as his GPS going, this is where we're trying to get to. This is the destination. But these are the directions we got to take in order to get there. You got to be committed to your calling. You got to understand it's crucial that there's no way to avoid this calling. If you avoid this calling, you don't have any evidence that you're a Christian. And that should terrify you. That, sh that should awaken you to go, oh, wow, this calling is crucial then. Yes, it is. This, this calling is the evidence of you 
following Jesus, of you saying, I have faith in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, the calling is the way that you evidence that call, that salvation. Number two is you got to be instructed, and Paul doesn't want us to leave us hanging. He wants to teach us about how to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So he mentions those five things. And now he wants to talk about unity. And I know we flew through that, and we paused a little bit longer this past Sunday to talk about those two things, but Unity, again, was still the goal. I don't know if you like those sports movies, if you grew up playing sports or watching some sports movies, but there's this movie called Hoosiers that is a pretty classic sports movie. If you like sports, you probably have seen the movie Hoosiers. It's one of the all-time greatest sports movies ever, I guess. And it is a good movie, generally. But in that movie, there's this guy, this coach, and he comes to coach this small school in Indiana. I guess he's had a troubled past, but he's a really good coach. And so this guy that's hiring him is giving him a chance because he thinks he has the opportunity to turn this program around. But this guy's an outsider. He, he's not from this town in Indiana. He doesn't know anything about the players or the system. He's an outsider. He's been brought in to coach these players. And so he has his own ideals of how to coach. Well, the people that have been in this town and grown up in this town and invested in his team for years have different ideals than he does. So they think it's, it should be all about shooting. And the coach comes in and he says, there's more than, to basketball than shooting. You've got to play defense and you've got to have fundamentals. And that bothers them. And uh, he also says, or they also say to him, listen, the only defense we've ever played is the zone defense. That's the only defense that's going to work. And once again, this guy has different ideals. He thinks, you know, man-to-man is probably a better defense, whatever. So the, a lot of the movie is this conflict he's having between the townspeople and the way that he wants to coach. But as he's explaining his system to the players for the first time, he starts to instruct them about what it means to play basketball. And he wants to reiterate to them that even though there's five guys on the court, that they're one unit. They're one unit. That they might be incredibly talented players. They might have a lot of abilities. But if the five guys don't work as one unit, then the team doesn't succeed. And this is, this is classic sports stuff. This is not a newfangled idea. I mean, this is ancient. If you understand anything about team sports, you understand how important the team is. And that's really what he's instructing on. These players about to say, listen, five coming together is one. When the five work together, when the five use their abilities and their strengths and do it for the sake of the team, the team succeeds. And if they don't, the team doesn't succeed. And we've learned that. If you've ever played sports, you've learned that from some coach somewhere along the way. But I think we got that concept from this idea in Scripture of unity. Because God has told us that ever since the beginning to say, listen, if this church is going to succeed, it's going to succeed based on all of us coming together as one. And that's what Paul is going to spend a lot of time talking about in this chapter. He says in verse 4, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And later on, he's going to talk about how important it is that we come together as one unit. It's the same concept. There might be a lot of talents and abilities in your church, people with a lot of different gift sets. But if we're all doing our own thing, if we all have our own separate agendas, then the church doesn't function properly. It's got to come together as one unit. And when it comes together as one unit... We're strong. We're incredibly strong. We're so strong that we can take down the kingdom of darkness. 
But it assumes a couple things. It assumes this that we've already talked about, that you're committed to your calling, that you understand that you have a calling from God, that you are his child, that you are a citizen of heaven, that you are an ambassador of Jesus, and that you need to live like it. Sold out, committed, devoted. Every part of your life needs to be committed to this calling. That has to be known. That has to be undertaken. Number two, you got to know how to live out your calling. And again, Paul mentioned that. He talked about how to live out this calling. Here's the things that you should focus on if you want to live out your calling. But the goal has been this. For every single person to know their calling, for every single person to be invested in that calling, for every single person to be instructed on how to live on that calling, and then for every single person in the church to come together as one for the sake of accomplishing that calling. That's the point. And that's the point Paul is talking about going, it's always been my goal. It's always been God's goal to get you guys unified. Because if you're divided, you're no good to God. If you're talented, but you're not unifying, you're no good to God. You're not going to accomplish his glory. You're not going to accomplish his name. You're not going to accomplish his will or advance his kingdom. You're just not. The devil He's bigger than any one of you. He's smarter than any one of you. He's more talented than any one of you. Take Charles Spurgeon. Take John Piper. Take John MacArthur. Whoever it is, those most talented, gifted guys we could think of, if it's just them, they're sitting ducks against the devil. They were never meant to be Rambos, Jason Bournes, to win the world on their own. No, they are a part of of a team. They are a part of one unit. This is elementary. Now, this is a mature thing to live out, but this should be elementary to us to understand that the church is one body and one spirit with one hope, with one call, with one Lord, with one faith, with one baptism, with one God and Father of all. That means we're one and this is why unity is so crucial. This is why unity is so important. I hope we can understand this today. Unity has always been the goal of God. Um, the church today, unfortunately, is, is rather divided. We have a lot of churches. We got a lot of denominations. We got a lot of people who have their own different ideals. But we're not coming together. And I can't say that about all churches. I, I, I know there's some. But in many churches I've been in, everybody's got their own agenda, their own ideals. A lot of us aren't bought into the, the calling we've received. We don't know how to live out the calling we have received. And even if we did, we don't care that much because we got a lot of things going on. Or we think we can handle this Christianity thing on our own. And we're wrong. We're wrong. We're listening to the deception of the devil. Because he has to do it that way. He knows that if we come together as one, he's in trouble. So he's got to divide us, and the way that he divides us is showing us how different we are and how busy we are and how hard this calling is going to be. Because if we come together at one, he's, he's done. He's a goner. So he's got to neutralize us, and he's, he's great at neutralizing us. And, but we have to be more committed than he is to neutralizing us. We have to be more committed to unity than he is to dividing us. But that starts with individuals. A pastor can only do so much. A pastor can shout this from the pulpit and tell you how important this is, but he's still one person. The people got to buy in. 
The people got to buy into their calling. They got to say yes to God and say, God, of course you have me. Whatever it means, whatever it takes, whatever it looks like, I'm going to live according to this calling. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And I'm going to need your strength, but I'm in. I'm invested. And then you have to understand your calling. If you understand your calling, then we're two steps closer to being unified because we're committed and we understand what the calling looks like. And now the big final step, this step is going to make or break our success upon the world. When, remember when Jesus said, listen, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you and upon this rock, the church will be founded and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, he's talking about the church, but he's talking about the unified church. He's not talking about Peter on his own. He's saying, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you. But this church is going to have to be unified. And when it's unified, the devil and hell are in trouble. We're going to start taking people from the kingdom of darkness like you cannot believe. We're going to start advancing the name of Christ like you cannot believe. We're going to start building the kingdom of God like you cannot believe. But this thing can break down in three ways. You're not committed to your calling. You don't understand what your calling looks like. Or you're not committed to unity. You're not unifying. If any of those break down, this thing is not going to work. So we got to look inward. we got to look, first of all, to our own soul. Are we committed to this calling? Do we understand what this calling is? And are we saying yes to it? And if we are, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are one step closer to being unified. I hope that you are. I hope that you've said yes to the Lord, that you really are committed. Some of my favorite missionaries that I've ever heard about were these Moravian missionaries that they, they were going to basically sell themselves to a slave island to win the people of that island for Christ, the other slaves. In order to reach these people, they had to sell themselves into slavery. They had to become slaves, fellow slaves, so they could reach the other slaves of the gospel. I mean, how mature is that? Wow. As these guys were getting ready to leave, they were on the boat, and old missionaries were not like new missionaries. When you left, you left, and you never saw your family again. You didn't come back. You didn't FaceTime. You didn't Facebook. You left. And so these guys were getting on the boat to sell themselves into slavery, and their family most likely thought they'd never see them again until heaven. But as these guys were leaving on the boat, they, they said this phrase as they were leaving. They said, May the lamb who was slain receive the full reward for his suffering. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that romantic sounding? May the lamb who was slain receive the full reward for his suffering. Now, if someone said that, that's really cool to hear. But these guys didn't just say it. They were leaving on a ship to sell themselves into slavery to reach fellow slaves with the gospel. The words matched the lifestyle. And the words in our life needs to match the lifestyle as well. We can't just say we're Christians. Do we realize what that means? Do we realize what it means to say you're a Christian, to say you follow Jesus, when most of the world says, I don't follow Jesus? I follow myself. I follow whatever the world does. I, I live my own way. When we say we follow Jesus, that's remarkable. That's incredible. That means you are saying yes to Lord, the Lord Jesus being your master and your God. And that's great. But saying it isn't enough. Like the Moravians, we have to back it up with our lifestyle. We have to back it up with how we live. We have to say yes to this calling and then we have to be 
invested in the way that we live according to this calling with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Are you? Am I? Are we invested in this calling like God has called us to? If we know our calling and we're invested in our calling and we understand what this calling looks like, here's the big step. Will we unify? Will we? Will we come together as individual members and come together as one unit for the same goal, for the same Lord, by the same power? If we will, success is a guaranteed because we have the God behind us that we need. We have the instruction that we need. And God has invested all of his success into the church. He says, if you, if you do it my way, you're going to win. I want to win. I want us to win. I want us to defeat evil. I want evil to be null and void upon this earth. I really do. I want it to lose ground every single day, but I can't do this on my own, and no individual Christian can. It only comes from the body of Christ working together. And yeah, it's costly. That's why it's a commitment. That's why it's devotion. That means you don't get a lot of extras. You don't get a lot of you stuff. You do what pleases the Lord and you do it for the sake of the Lord. But the greatest thing about everything we know about God is that every single time we say yes to God, He blesses us. We get eternally blessed when we say yes to our calling. I love that about God. This isn't a one-way street. This is a two-way street. When you do it God's way, you get blessed eternally. You get rich eternally. You get saved. You get equipped. You get God's power. You get God's friendship. You get God's loyalty. You get God's fatherdom. We get blessed and his name gets glorified. I pray that you'll think about this today. I pray that you'll consider your calling. Consider your level of commitment to that calling. Consider your understanding of what that calling looks like. And then the big question are you ready to unify with the church? Are you ready to take your talents and your abilities and your time and your energy and give it to the institution of the church so that the church can take your strengths and add it to their strengths and become even stronger? And when we're one, we will win. We will win. The devil will be neutralized. We will start making advancements against his kingdom of darkness, and God will be glorified. People will be saved. The good upon the earth will increase because that's how God trained us to think and to live. I pray that you would consider that today, that you would invest your time, your talents, your energy into your calling and then into the church for the sake of the one common goal we all have, to live for Jesus. Blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.